and welcome to Radio Islam International this Sunday evening, the 23rd of Jumad al Akhirah, 1444, corresponding with the 15th of January 2023. Great to be in your company for this edition of Under the Radar uh, all the way until 10 p.m. Central African time. Uh, live and interactive across all our platforms, uh, which is uh, the DSTV Audio, uh, Radio Islam on Medium Wave 1548, free-to-air satellites, as well as audio streaming and the Radio Islam app all over the world. We start off our discussion this evening talking about uh, a very uh, concerning images that have come uh, up uh, over uh, northern KwaZulu-Natal and this is an event that had occurred at the Josini Dam. Now, uh, according to media reports, eight foreign tourists and four South Africans came under gunfire on a double-decker floating tour boat uh, this Wednesday as they found themselves as bystanders in a broader drama involving the recent slaughter of at least 20 elephants from a wandering herd now trapped on the borderline between Iswatini, Swaziland and South Africa. The tourists who came under fire in the early morning on the eastern shores of the Josini or Pongola Port Dam, which is on the southern border between South Africa and Iswatini, dived for shelter as several shots were fired on the elephant viewing tour now, there's a lot to unpack here, um, and it's not just a random story from uh, an odd corner of South Africa, but uh, uh, there's uh, broader uh, developments beyond this particular incident uh, that obviously has caught our radar today. And uh, for that, we speak to Haynes de Beer, de Boer, rather, Democratic Alliance member of the KwaZulu-Natal Legislature and Provincial Party Spokesperson of Environmental Affairs. Haynes, I thank you so much for being with us this evening. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. Hi, good evening. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, a very disturbing story, uh, the immediate of what had occurred on, on Wednesday, but there's uh, you know, broader, uh, a broader story and a broader catastrophe and broader uh, disturbing images that uh, have, have reached us from this part of the world. Uh, let's start off by uh, putting people listening into the picture. Where exactly is the Pongola port or Josini Dam? And from an environmental point of view, uh, what is so important and special about this place? Sure. Okay, so I think you've summed it up uh, uh, very well in terms of the not just the, the shooting incidents and the poaching incidents that are happening there with the um, elephant, um, but the, the, the broader impact that this, this ongoing poaching and obviously the attempted murder of the tourists will have on that entire district. Now, the Pongola Port Dam, or the Jazini Dam, as it's commonly known, is in the northeastern part of um, KwaZulu-Natal, just a little bit down from um, Pongola, um, and then a little bit north of St. Lucia. So it really forms part of that whole triangle where you have the several game reserves, your Mkuzi, your St. Lucia, Isimangaliso Wetland Park, um, and then a little bit to the west of that, you have the Shishlu Mfulosi Park. Um, so it's part of that greater conservation area. And I think the, the, the biggest concern here is that it's one, I believe it's one of two or two, three dams in South Africa that actually have tiger fish 
um, in in its waters, um, and it's it's a major tourist attraction, um, and it draws visitors from across the country. And, of course, now, as we can see from across the world, not just for tiger fishing, but obviously to watch the elephants. And um, there's uh, several private game reserves and uh, Isambelo protected area um, that surround that entire dam. So the the knock-on effect of this incident, uh, which is not the first, by the way, um, is going to be massive. Let us try to unpack uh, the uh, broader issues uh, that, that that are at play here. So uh, this event uh, is seen as uh, linked to other developments uh, on you know in in and around the the dam. Uh, for for instance, we have uh, a, a herd of elephants here that have reportedly run into. Uh, conflict with uh, rural communities. We've got uh, poaching. We've got illegal kill netting of fish in this particular uh, dam, and also disputes over cattle grazing uh, very close to this particular dam. If you could, uh, in a nutshell, just unpack some of those uh, individual issues and how they all feed into this uh, this very terrible incident that we saw in the week. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think the most prominent issue that has plagued the uh, Jazini Dam is the illegal gill netting of of fish. And when I speak about illegal gill netting, I'm talking about um, gill nets that are made of fishing line that sometimes are hundreds of meters long. They are indiscriminately put uh, through the dam and they net everything. So they are destroying the ecosystem there. And it's been going on for, we calculated, for probably more than 10 years. And there's hundreds upon hundreds of fish that are caught there on a weekly basis. And we believe there's a syndicate behind it that's actually selling these fish both locally and then, of course, wherever it can be sold uh, throughout KwaZulu-Natal. Um, so that's the first aspect of it. So there's, there's always been a bit of a shadow of a doubt as to who is responsible for the dam. Now, we know legally the National Department of Water and Sanitation is responsible for it. But it has only been the Richards Bay Water Wing, the SAPS Water Wing, that has ever attempted to go there and enforce the, the anti-poaching there. Now, of course, this, um, this kind of enforcement action um, leads to the conflict that you have spoken about. Um, and it is an area that, that is, you know, one of the top ten poorest districts within KwaZulu-Natal. Unemployment is very high. Obviously, everybody is... is um, is really trying to do the best that they can from an economic point of view. So this is where we get this human-wildlife conflict, which is always extremely difficult to manage. However, we have an entity within KwaZulu-Natal, Isambela Kazanin Wildlife. We have an MEC. We have various departments that can intervene in helping to, um, you know, lessen the tensions, uh, engage in community stakeholder meetings, and to actually find the crux and, and find the middle ground as to, you know, where conservation begins and ends and where community land begins and ends. And I think that's the difficult thing we need to, to figure out right now. Um, of course, now there is, as you mentioned, uh, there is the allegation, and, and I, I'm using the word purposefully, allegation that um, a, a local community member was uh, killed by an elephant um, towards the end of 2022, and that there are now family members and, and, and friends who are taking revenge on the herd. That, that certainly is the rumor that's doing the rounds. Um, again, I'm saying it's a rumor because we've had no... 
um, you know, confirmation from official sources that that is, that is the case. But what is true is that this herd of elephant is trapped between the uh, Swaziland border and the Labombo Mountains and the lake on the other side. It's, it's constantly being harassed and chased. Uh, it's being shot at on a weekly basis. Um, at least 20 to 25 elephants have been killed and their tusks have been removed, which is an indication of, of course, now, um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, that brings in a, a variety of other laws and, and our international agreements that we have on, on, um, you know, rhino horn and, and ivory tusks. Um, you know, it's a psyche's protected species. Um, so there's definitely an element of criminality that's involved there. And, and whether grazing land is being invaded by elephants or not, it does not give anybody the right to fire upon tourist boats where there's international tourists. It, it gives nobody the right um, to shoot and, and kill 20 to 25 elephant um, and, and, and to use any you know, kind of excuse for that. Um, we believe that there's at least 20 armed men that are operating in that area and who are indiscriminately shooting at whatever they deem fit. Um, so they're shooting at tourist boats. They, they, they will shoot at rangers. They will shoot at the police. And we've had an incident of that already about a year ago where they shot a policeman in the face. Um, and so it's, it's really the wild west there at the moment. And the new information that has just come in is that Besides the docket being open at the SAPS, absolutely no other action from what we can tell at this point in time has taken place. We haven't seen any specialized task teams going in there. We haven't seen Ezambello going in there with rangers. Um, and it's just a total catastrophe. And it's, it's almost as if government is too scared to go there and do something about this situation. <laughs> I want to unpack, Heinz, uh, a few things that you've uh, mentioned there, starting off with the, the, the illegal gill netting of, of, of the fish. Uh, now, in, 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 in all, uh, is fishing totally forbidden uh, at, at this particular dam? Uh, certainly not. I mean, um, fishing is not totally forbidden. In fact, uh, tiger fishing and there's there's a big tiger fishing competition which happens there, um, and there's a there's a sustainable use um, policy that that should be adhered to when it comes to that area. Of course, the kind of gill netting that we see is not sustainable use and it's not permitted. Um, but they, I mean, the lodges and the um, the, the private enterprises along Jazini um, all allow fishing, um, and it's it's usually catch and release. Um, but we have seen initiatives from the provincial government uh, where um, you know we are trying to supplement the the fishing of the various water sources in that northern KZN area by bringing in fish farming projects. So it's certainly not forbidden. Um, but when you start taking out, you know, five or ten tons of fish uh, with gill nets every month, that uh, that is um, not sustainable, and certainly that's that's not, um, you know, uh, permitted in any way, shape, or form. Um, and that's when we really, for years, for more than a decade, have been asking the authorities to put together a comprehensive plan, um, allow people to make a living from the dam, because it, the dam doesn't belong to. To, to, to anybody. It, be, it belongs to the people of South Africa. Um, so everybody should have access to it and be able to, to fish there and to make a living from it, uh, particularly due to the socio-economic uh, circumstances of the region. 
Um, but nobody is paying attention to it. Um, the National Department of Tourism, I haven't heard anything from them. Or National Water and Sanitation, uh, certainly since I've been looking at this issue of the dam, have not come out and said, look, this, this is our plan for the dam. These are the quotas. These are the limits. Um, so it's really, a, you know, in a vacuum, when you find a governance vacuum, that's when you see the syndicates and the criminals moving in and t- taking complete advantage of any situation, whether it be fishing or, or anything else. And, and that brings up the question of, you, you know, you, you, you speak about the, the oversight, but in terms of just access, access on the ground to this particular area, uh, entrances, security, uh, what what governs uh, access to these particular areas at this point in time? Well, that's an interesting question, and it's also an extremely difficult uh, difficult thing to explain. Um, you know, it's a, the Pongola Port Dam, or let's call, call it the Jazini Dam, is actually a very convoluted, if you look at it on Google Maps, it's a very oddly shaped dam. It's certainly not round. Um, it has it has many channels to it, and it is bordered by a variety of um, of of pieces of land that are owned um, either privately in some cases. Um, and one major access point is the Ezenvelo Kazarin um, uh, Nature Reserve. That's there. That's so. That's owned by provincial government, and and anybody can get access to that. But on the eastern shores, one can simply walk down from Jazini Town. You can walk down and and have access to the dam. Um, and I think that is the the critical um, point where we a lot of the um, poaching and the illegal gill netting is happening is on the eastern shores because it's pretty easy for people to just get uncontrolled access there. Um, to the eastern shores of the lake. The western shores and the Ezenvelo side on the northwestern side of the, of the dam are, are, are generally pretty well controlled. Um, it's access control. Um, obviously, you know, if you're a, if you, I think there's a small entrance fee, you pay at Ezenvelo and you can get in there. Um, and then the private resorts are usually the places where you go and book a boat and you go fishing, etc. But the eastern shores are, are, are in, my, in my mind, completely uncontrolled um, and uh, also up to the Swaziland border with the dam actually, if I'm not mistaken, crossing into Swaziland. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a free for all. Um, and there's, there's certainly no security force there on the eastern shores that is going to do anything to stop anybody from doing what they want to do. Which uh, now uh, speaks to the very disturbing images that we've seen of uh, elephant carcasses that are littered uh, and are decaying in so many areas of uh, the, uh, the the game reserve or the surroundings of this particular dam. Uh, if, if you can describe to our listeners what exactly uh, are these sites and uh, how many uh, dead elephants have we seen in recent months and uh, evidence of these still found littered around the area? Yeah, the unfortunate reality is is that um, a lot of the poaching incidents are happening in thick bush on the eastern shores. Um, you know, it's it's really taken the local conservationists a, a great effort from their part to get some aerial surveillance in there just recently this weekend to try and, and tally up if there's been any more poaching incidents. Um, but it's 
It's, it's extremely difficult uh, to get uh, figures on what's going on. We, we have seen the images of some of the carcasses um, that have been discovered, and obviously they make for, for graphic uh, content. Um, the unfortunate reality is this is that what that is exactly what we are dealing with in KwaZulu-Natal at the moment. Uh, KwaZulu-Natal nature conservation areas, whether they are under the protection of private game uh, private game ranches, or in particular Ezenvelo game ranches um, and the Jazini area, are, it's the Wild West. I promise you, I'm not over exaggerating when I say it's the Wild West. There is a complete lack of. Um, policing and enforcement in all the Isambella reserves. Um, this has led to these kind of scenes, as we have seen in the photographs of dead carcasses, bloated carcasses, dead elephants lying in the water. Um, it, it continues. It continues on a weekly basis. We've seen 244 rhinos uh, being poached in KwaZulu-Natal over the past year. Um, where's the outrage about that? Uh, we've now seen 25 elephant uh, being poached. Where's the outrage about that? Um, where is government in this? Um, where are the game rangers? Where is the SAPS? Um, and like I've said previously, that dam and these animals do not belong to Isambelo. They do not belong to government. They belong to the people of South Africa. Um, they are there for, the, for preservation. They are there for people to look at, for our kids and grandkids one day to go and to behold an elephant in the wild. And um, we, could, we just can't keep track at this point in time because very often the poaching incidents um, happen in thick bush. Um, the, the carcass will rot and, and, and decay, and it's only sometimes a week later to two weeks later that one will find them. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an outrage. Um, I'm very, very surprised that there has not been um, more of an outrage about this incident, particularly uh, the shooting at the... Um, at the tourist boat, and, and government has remained largely silent. And the police uh, apparently have got their own hands handcuffed behind their own backs. Um, and why we are not seeing some pr kind of proclamation, even from the president's office, um, it, it, it boggles my mind. We live in a failed state, KwaZulu-Natal, and our game reserves are the Wild West. And I hope that the, the uh, powers that be that are listening to this interview, and it's thanks to yourselves and the media that have highlighted it, um, that they actually sit up and start taking notice of, of everybody's heritage, which is being decayed um, on a daily basis uh, across KwaZulu-Natal. So the broader issue of, of poaching is not confined uh, or, or a lot of focus is often placed, and I'm not sure if that battle is being won or there's, uh, you know, confidence that can be placed in those efforts, uh, you know, in the big big reserves like uh, the Kruger National Park. Uh, mm -hmm. What you've just said tells us that, uh, you know, if, if uh, energies are being put in that direction in the big reserves, uh, or if, uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, people are struggling with those battles, uh, th these areas are altogether unnoticed, uh, and this could lead to great carnage because of uh, the total uh, lack of importance or even acknowledgement of yep. uh, the crises in these areas. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you've mentioned Kruger National Park, and you, uh, again, you are so, uh, you're so correct. Kruger National Park was suffering heavily from poaching at one stage. They upped their game. They increased um, their uh, aerial surveillance. They increased their armed patrols. 
Um, they increased their, their vigilance. Um, they got specialized units into the park. And, and what happened? The poaching simply moved from, uh, from that area, from Kruger National Park, down into KwaZulu-Natal. And those international poaching syndicates, because uh, I tell you now, it's not just South Africans involved, because the rhino horn is being exported, the elephant tusks are being exported. Um, it's organized crime at the highest level, um, and they simply moved from Kruger National Park into KwaZulu-Natal last year, and they utterly decimated our rhino, more than 244 rhinos, probably more. Um, 60% of all the fences in our Ezembelo parks are not up to international standard. So if you, if you own a piece of land and you want to keep animals, you have to fence it to a sp certain specification, and Ezembelo KZN Wildlife needs to um, certify that you can keep animals. Ezembelo themselves, 60% of their resorts do not comply with their own specifications. There's 20 kilometers of unfenced um, Shushlubi Mfalozi Park uh, fencing. There's no fence. So the animals just roam in and out. And then we wonder why our elephants are being shot. Never mind the smaller game reserves where anything that moves is, is, is uh, poached um, on a regular basis. And I think that the wool has been pulled over everybody's eyes for far too long. Um, and people need to start sitting up and they need to start getting angry and ultimately, what we need is we need a change of, of how things are done in government. Um, and we need to, st people are going to have to start taking their anger out at the ballot box in 2024. Because it cannot continue like this. We will not have a rhino and we will not have elephant um, or lion or leopard for that matter if, if something is not done very urgently. Uh, the, the last uh, question I want to ask you is in terms of the action that you've taken, uh, some details on that. As you said, you've, you've opened up a case. Uh, do you have any uh, confidence in, in, in that yielding any results? And for the general public, people who would visit this area or may intend to visit this area in light of these developments, is it safe to go? Okay, yeah, so I'll just give you a quick rundown of, of what's happened, is that obviously there was a case of attempted murder that was opened with the local SAPS station. Uh, that case number has been forwarded to our um, uh, provincial police commissioner by my colleague uh, MPL Sharon Husson, um, who is our spokesperson on community safety. Um, then we've got our other member of the National Council of Provinces, Tim Brataseth. He is going to be liaising very early tomorrow morning with the National Department of Tourism. And then also um, we have our members of parliament, um, in, obviously at a national level, who will be engaging with the water and sanitation, uh, tourism again uh, from a portfolio, direct portfolio point of view and our MP for um, uh, policing, SAPS basically, who is um, urgently looking at, at this issue and trying to get together uh, with the senior SAPS uh, officials to obviously um, try and get some kind of high-level intervention into that area. Um, <clears throat> to, I, 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 it's a very unfortunate um, situation that has happened. But I don't want to discourage people from visiting the Jazini Dam area. Um, I would say that it is, it's pretty safe. I've been there. I was there about a year ago with my family, including my children, when I went to go and do oversight there. Um, and it's pretty safe to go there to one of the recognized and reputable lodges that are there that offer tours. 
Um, they are very, very aware of the security situation um, and their, their guards and, and their boat skippers are very much aware of where the hotspots are. I think that perhaps this incident has now again highlighted the dangers of the eastern shores. Um, so we, we don't want to, although we have to highlight this situation and the seriousness of it, we don't want to discourage people from taking much needed revenue away from that district and that community, and particularly those businesses um, who employ many people um, from the local community. So um, it, the eastern shores, those private resorts that are on the eastern shores, the game reserves that are there that are operated by the uh, private um, the, the private uh, game lodges, they are still very, very safe. They have comprehensive security plans in place. I've seen them for myself. And I would just encourage people, um, you know, not, not to give up. Uh, let's not give up on the Jazini area. We we obviously need to get policing in there, but let's not give up on it. Uh, when, when people start giving up on an area like we've seen in CBDs, like we've seen in city centres across South Africa, as soon as start, people start giving up, we see the disinvestment from that area. We see, you know, the um, the, the the capital flowing out of those areas, and we don't want to see that for Jazini. It's already got so many problems. So, go to a reputable lodge. Um, and discuss if there's a security concern, obviously discuss it with them. But I, I, I have confidence in saying that I, I know the, um, those, those people who do wildlife conservation management and the lodges in that area, and they are very much aware of the security risk that is there. I'd like to thank you very much for joining us, giving us a detailed breakdown of uh, developments in that area as well as uh, the interventions being made as well as the broader interventions that are required. And I thank you so much for your time and have yourself a great week ahead. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.